ladies and gentlemen, Carson Wentz is now in the DMV. Welcome to Eddie and Mike, the podcast. And we had to start off with this first. We had a whole nother outline. We was going to talk about a whole bunch of other stuff. But this trade changed the trajectory of this offseason. Eddie, what's popping that guy? I mean, I, I, this is kind of like what we feared. It's not so bad, and I don't mind the picks, but this is not the first QB for the commanders that I wanted. Right. We apologize for how I sound, a little congested, so I'm doing the thing where I talk like this. Trying to keep up with Mike and his deep voice. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's telling, you know, Frank Wright, Colts head coach, had experience with Carson Wentz in Philly, had experience with him in Indy. He's got to know something because he, – and he made that phrase. He said, I stuck my neck out for you. And then it was kind of some reading in between the lines there mm-hmm. where I kind of told me, like, yeah, he's done in Indy. And it made me, you know, think – and I'm pretty sure I mentioned this on a previous show about Indy being a great place for one of these QBs to go. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, now they unloaded Wentz on us. They're going to be – probably trying to draft a QB. So, you know, right. lots of questions, lots of things to get into. So, uh, yeah, man, what's your initial thoughts on the trade? I want to start off with a tweet that I sent back on February 16th. Today is March 8th, by the way. I was talking with Mark Tyler from Hogshaven, head content creator over there for the Commander's SB Nation site. I said, outside of trading for one of the elite quarterbacks, I don't think we can do much better than Wentz. I'd welcome the Bama to D.C. My concern with him is the fact that two teams have given up on him seemingly out of nowhere. What's his deal? And that's where the conversation for me starts off with Carson Wentz. We'll talk about his skills and stats later. But as of today... I would like to know what the heck happened in Indianapolis. I ain't even tripping off of Philly. Like, Philly was just out of control towards the end of their run um, in the 2020 season. Peterson got fired. They traded Wentz. They drafted Hurts um, the season before. So, a lot of stuff was going on in Philly. But the Colts, though, they don't really have problems like that, like traditionally speaking. Um, They seem like a very consistent franchise. So if they're giving up on them after trading two high picks, one of those picks turned into a first-round pick this season. If they traded him, and and let's let's be real, this isn't a, a bad trade package, in my opinion. Here's the here's the terms of the deal, per um sources through Adam Shafter. Commanders get Carson Wentz and a 2022 second-round pick. The Colts get Washington's 2022 and 2023 third-round pick. That 2023 third-round pick can become a second round if Carson Wentz plays 70% of the snaps, offensive snaps. And the our 2022 second-round pick, so we basically swapped second-round picks this season. And that's the key, man. And people say, oh, that's that's horrible for um, Washington. 
we only went from the 47th, I mean, the 42nd pick to the 47th. That's fast, fast. They have a quarterback. They kept their first round. But at the end of the day, all I'm trying to figure out is what's this dude do? Why, why is everybody getting rid of him so quickly, so easily? And if there's one city that can find out what the heck is going on, it's Washington. Be prepared for some drama off the field this season. Well, and I hate doing this because, you know, numbers don't lie. And the eye test is all dependent upon whose eyes are the tester, if you will. So let's look at Wentz's stats. 3,563 yards, not bad. 27 touchdowns, not bad. Only seven picks. Passer rating, 94.6. Hey, that all looks great. I'm telling you, I watched a fair amount of indie games. I didn't watch them all. But I, I paid attention. I had Jonathan Taylor as my running back, so I'm, I'm paying attention. There's a lot of times, and I realize Wentz has mobility and, and that, that, um, that skill set, that, that capability of, of keeping a play alive, you know, scrambling. But there's a lot of times where they could have simply punched it in. Yes, I have a bias. Or, you know, they could have gone with Wentz rolling out. They went with Wentz rolling out. It didn't work out a lot of times for him. I can tell you, I, I can think of one instance in particular where he was trying to stand in the pocket, trying to keep the play alive, and he ended up essentially throwing the ball all of like two and a half yards to a Titan defender who caught it and then took two steps and was into the end zone. I mean, all he had to do is throw the ball away. And I think all of us know what happened the final week of the season when his team had a chance to get into the playoffs. Where was he? I, I think those things, and again, all the things Mike mentioned and what I mentioned about Frank Wright not wanting him, and then I guess we think third time's the charm because Danny Reed's pleased us twice too on quarterbacks. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know what else to say. Makes me wonder about, uh, you know, our skill players like, is this going to – him running the ball himself? Is that going to kind of take away from Gibson? Is that going to hurt his development? Who running the ball? Wentz? Wentz, yeah. I, don't I mean, I'm not saying like he's going to call his number a change of play. Oh, what I mean is him scrambling, it, it take like, I'm telling you, despite the great year Jonathan Taylor had, there's a lot of times where it was Wentz dancing around, and I don't know – why that was allowed so much. Granted, his numbers do look good. But I'm telling you, I test, you go and look at some of those plays. He had some real head scratchers. Some of them he got lucky and his teammates bailed him out. There's one in particular I'm, I'm trying to – it might have also been against the Titans. He rolls out to the right and just chucks the ball up. Thank God Michael Pittman Jr. in a sea of like three to four Titans, mind you. That's where the ball was headed with four defenders on one guy, Pittman somehow jumps up a la DeAndre Hopkins against the Bills, uh, I think two seasons ago to win the game, and comes down with the ball. That's great, and you love the, the willingness to take a chance and you know let, let's be aggressive and go after it. That's great too. But the decision-making, I mean, I think that's where you were headed with your comments too. It's, it just makes you wonder. And then – you factor in our decision-making to get someone who makes decisions like that. Like, why? Yeah, I, I, I'm i not mad at the picks, but, man, to get a guy like that, and we're going to be paying him a ton of money. 
I believe 28 million. And, and I don't know if the 5 million roster bonus is included or if that's going to be a total of 35 million. I mean, excuse me, 33 million. Almost did some terrible math there or did do whatever. It's a lot of money for a guy that, um, I, wow. It's a lot of money. So you said a couple of things that I wanted to address real quick. Regarding that week 18 game versus the Jaguars, that isn't as concerning for me because I talked to a Colts fan and he told me this, and I'm, I'm not making it up. He told me this. Historically, the Colts have struggled in Jacksonville and I understand what I understand how everybody wants to blame once. Like I really get it. Like I, I did too. But I remember some um, talking here. It probably it had to be Dan Olasky. That's that's Wentz's number one fan, so it had to be him. <laughs> but he, I remember somebody saying that the rest of the team didn't show up that day either. And you look at the scores: twenty six eleven. And it's the Jaguars. Like, it was way more than Carson Wentz that blew that game for him. So, like, I understand where people are coming from, but, I mean, yeah, like, everything should be looked at in perspective. Now, the 50, I mean, the $28 million contract. Al Gaudi always talks about this on this podcast, and it probably really applies now. Today's price is tomorrow's bargain. I think it's three seasons left on this contract. Washington has an out on every single season. So if he's some trash this year, we can get rid of him and get that money back. And if he happens to, you know, be okay, they can um, restructure and extend him next season. So there's a lot of outs to go with. But let me get to these numbers. Because a lot of y'all keep saying that Taylor Heineke should still be the starter. And for the life of me, I just don't understand. Like, I just do not understand why Bamas are still beating the Heineke drum. So let me end this debate real quick. I'm going to start off with the PFF rankings. Yes, Wentz was 23rd in the PFF rankings in quarterback when it comes to quarterback play. Heineke was 33rd. The ESPN QBR rating. Wentz was ninth. Haneke, 23rd. So those are two separate um, companies that has Haneke way behind Wentz. Now, here's here's where the trade interests me. Here's where I become intrigued by the trade. Like you said earlier, the assets tells all. We know that Heineke does not throw the ball deep well. We know, based on experience, when he was with the Eagles, that Carson Wentz can. So let's check out these stats from last season. So, first of all, I have to let y'all know where I got these stats from. Shout out to Johnny Kinsley. You can find him on Twitter, at BrickWallBlitz. That's BrickWallBlitz. And I'm very thankful for what he's done. He compiled a list of deep pass stats. Like, he did it himself. And if you want to support him, you can follow him on Brick 
um, on Twitter at BrickWallBlitz. And also support his Patreon, man. Um, I'm definitely going to become a supporter after uh, going through these stats because, you know, they're just fun to look at. And I'm about to kill these um, Haneke hive mammals. <laughs> Accurate passes, 21-plus yards. Carson Wentz, 54%. Ranked 10th. Heineke, 35%. Ranked 31st. Oh, Haneke, he does well under pressure, right? Accurate <laughs> passes, 21 yards under pressure. Carson Wentz, 71%. Taylor Heineke, 26%. Ranked third and 31st, respectively. Accurate passes, 21 yards in tight windows. Carson Wentz, 43%. Heineke, 29th. Ranked 12th and 27th, respectively. Accurate passes from the pocket. 21 plus yards. Wentz, 50%. Heineke, 33%. Ranked 12th and 30th, respectively. Carson Wentz, open window. So I'm talking wide open, deep passes over 20 yards. Carson Wentz, 85%. Ranked 6th. Heineke, 56%. Ranked 28th. And the last that I have for y'all, accurate passes outside the pocket, 21 plus yards. Carson Wentz, 70% ranked 10th. Heineke, 50% ranked 17th. Listen, we love Heineke. I'm very grateful for what he's done for this franchise. He balled out in the playoffs, and he had a pretty decent season, all things considered. Considering his skill, considering the weapons they had, the injuries, he had a heck of a season. He's not in the stratosphere of Carson Wentz, and I'm getting tired of y'all saying, um, hyping Heineke up like he's this beast. He is what he is. Nothing more, nothing less. Yeah, I think this is one of those things where that Tampa game, and, and, and I'm, I'm telling you, I called it. People saw that, and they, they wanted that Tampa game to be like, like that was him all the time. And to a degree, it really was because, I mean, it, it was him out there playing. It was him taking chances. It was him, you know, slinging it around and, and going after it. And that's all well and good. But my man can't push the ball but so far down the field. And I love that he knows the system, but he's also a little bit of a calamity. He, he tends to kind of only play good once he gets behind. Hmm. And he's a little bit injury prone as far as I'm concerned. Hmm. So – while I'm not excited, I'm not ecstatic about Carson Wentz coming to D.C., it's definitely an upgrade. I think it was a sensible decision. It just kind of sucks. Not that I, I honestly didn't really expect uh, uh, Russell Wilson or an Aaron Rodgers to make it here or Deshaun Watson even unless we overpaid. So I'm kind of happy that we're getting out of that stigma. And we have been for a little bit, but we're just to continue it you know, says a lot. I was more kind of uh, of the thought that this might be like this might have everything happens for a reason. This might be exactly what we needed where we just keep all our picks and we end up continuing to build the draft. Now here's where I want to get down to the nitty gritty of it all. What are the expectations as of now? for the commanders for this upcoming season. 
Off top, I expect the offense to look different. Will it be better? Hopefully. But it's definitely going to look different, bro. It's going to be more vertical. It's going to be more vertical. We can definitely see that already. But on top of that, what should definitely happen next season is way more space for Antonio Gibson to run. And hopefully he learns how to find the hose quicker and easier because they're going to be there. I promise you. Bruh, player for player, player for player, are the Col- does the Colts have better weapons than Washington? Player for player. Like, even their best player, Jonathan Taylor, the gap between him and Gibson isn't that wide. I just would tell you otherwise, but there are stats out there that can present, you know, Gibson getting a, a, a fair amount of the same type of holes that Jonathan Taylor got. I think injuries and then a lot of uh, turnover on the whole offense, not just the line had to do with that. I tend to agree. I, I would take Taylor over Gibson if we're going tick for tack in terms of who's better uh, skill position. Tight end, a healthy Logan Thomas, I think, is better than Mo Cox. Jack Doyle retired. So there's that. Receiver. I think it'd be close if you got the T.Y. Hilton of old. I don't know that you'll get him, so probably take Terry. Michael Pittman, though, that's tough to pass up. Other than that, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a wash. So – you know, who knows? I, I think a big, obvious uh, uh, elephant in the room is, is learning that playbook. But to, to keep the silver lining thing going that I like to do, we've seen Scott Turner design play calls for a variety of different quarterbacks in a very short amount of time and put them in at least a position to be successful. The The results might not have been there, but I think you can see that guys got schemed open and that, you know, had things been done right, there might have been more success. So trying to be optimistic, I, I just – it's like I said earlier, I worry that Wentz will be doing a lot of scrambling around and it might sort of take away from the rest of the offense and their development <clears> – <throat> especially in Antonio Gibson. But I'm also excited because I feel like Wentz would definitely use a J.D. McKissick. I think he'll benefit a lot from Wentz. What I'm hoping is that Logan Thomas can return and, you know, we can really see, like, Curtis Samuel kind of ball like he did for a short period of time in Carolina. So I think if those things – I think if we get everybody, like, really healthy and we get Wentz on the same page – there's room for some optimism, say the least. Yeah, it's the season is going to be interesting, and I kind of like I was telling somebody, I'm not mad. Like, like you said, we weren't going to get Wilson, Rogers, or Carr. Watson looks like a long shot. Um, like this was probably the best we can do. I understand what y'all were saying about Trubisky. I understand what y'all was saying about Mariota. Um, it'll be cheaper to get them, yada, yada, yada. But they're also not as good as Carson Wentz. Now we can legit, legitimately compete for the division, I feel like. 
And once you get in the playoffs, anything is happening. Yeah, anything is possible. uh, Like my man Tony just um, sent the message to me. Like, Naomi Brown, get him in your fantasy, y'all. Get him (laughs) late. I'm telling y'all, get him. Well, and you got to hope, too, that he's motivated to play against Philly twice. So Hopefully not too motivated because, like you said, he get wild sometimes. Yeah, he definitely gets kind of – Tasmanian devil like. So what do you think we're gonna do with that eleventh pick now? Are we gonna still are we gonna get a Malik Willis or a Kenny Pickett? Have them sit? Because Wentz is also prone to injury. You know, he he's missed a fair amount of time, both for Philly and Indy. So do you get a QB? Or now are we going like um Todd McShay saying and going after one of these linebackers? Hmm. John Davis didn't really work out. He has us uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but it's from uh, Utah. I think is the linebacker. Well, he ain't got that Sagan Bean from Alabama. I mean, not Alabama, Georgia. Georgia? I don't believe so. Hmm. I think I, I think I, he has that guy maybe going off the board. The Kobe Bean, that's his name. But um, I don't know, Eddie. Like they can, if they quit quarterback, I wouldn't be mad. A lot of people saying they should wait until next season where better quarterbacks are. I'm like, nah. Are they going to be that much better than the 22? We don't know yet. People were saying Spencer Rattler was going to be a top pick this year. Dude ended up getting benched in Oklahoma. So we don't know nothing about 2023 and April 2022. But I'll end everything by saying this. That's the second thing that concerns me the most. If the first thing is his uh, mental, his personality, his being, whatever, the second thing is more on the field, and that's definitely his reckless play at times. And when I say reckless, I mean it in every single way. Reckless throwing it, reckless running it, reckless yep. um, decision-making, just straight-up reckless. He's going to need to control that. And I hopefully I, – honestly, bro, I'm trusting Scott and Ron. I'm trusting them. We have to, a choice, do we? <laughs> right. I'm trusting that they understand what the heck they're getting into. And yeah, we'll just go from there, man. Yeah. I, you said it. Coming up next, y'all, we're going to talk about the trade that happened yesterday in the NFL. And Rogers got the bag. How big of a bag? Huge. Huge. We'll be smack back. Bigly. All right, welcome back, guys. Well, Russell Wilson's Tom Hanks and Pete Carroll's Meg Ryan. They are rustless in Seattle now. Russell Wilson's been traded to Denver. Two first-round picks. Two second-round picks, a fifth-round pick, Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, and Noah Fant go to Seattle for Russell, I don't know his middle name, Wilson, and a fourth-round pick. A lot of speculation that moving to Denver, which is closer to the West Coast, closer to L.A. for Sierra, I don't know what Grant – Paulson was talking about yesterday on the radio. He continually referred to her as Ciara. I, I, maybe he was doing a bit. Um, hate to call him out because I, I like listening to him. 
But yeah, just uh, really surprising. So anyway, yeah, they make the move, and a lot of Washington fans were upset. I was one of those for just a bit, but then I came back down to earth. It seemed like Washington was making this all about showing us that they attempted a trade. But then you look at everything that Denver gave up. And I know the Rams have shown that you can toss your picks to the wind for a really good player to try to, to essentially buy a championship. Um, and it worked. It worked for the Rams. And you, you, Denver's set up pretty nice. I like Javante Williams. I like Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy. Their defense is pretty good. It would have been nicer to see Russ come play for the commander since he's from Richmond. Mm-hmm. He, he, he allegedly was not willing to waive his no-trade clause for us or for the Philadelphia Eagles, allegedly. They were in play, apparently, on the, on the low-low. So, yeah, man, Russ is uh, now a Bronco. Joins Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. Lamar Action Jackson, mm-hmm. Justin Herbert, mm-hmm. Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. Derek Carr. Mm. That is that that is your elite QBs of the AFC. NFC, you got uh, Aaron Rodgers and, and Dak. Dak, what? <laughs> I, I keep, What do you want me to say? Everybody else, like Dak, at least had some decent numbers. Everybody else was terrible. Ah, uh, look, I, I so I was so really the- right down the middle of the playoffs. I can't control any of that. I'm telling you, the man put up numbers. No, I get it. But I'm just saying, is that – It's those, also supposed to speak to what I'm saying. Are those really – oh, how you forget Stafford? <laughs> Who? Stafford. Oh, yeah, right, fair. I was about to say, is there really play. only two elite quarterbacks in the NFL? I'm just so used to him being with the Lions. Like, I, I get it. Even, I forgot. Like, <laughs> Super Bowl wasn't that long ago. I already forgot. So, I, I'm not – if we were in the AFC, we would have got Russ Wilson, like straight up. Um, you can't convince me otherwise. They were going to make that trade. They would have did whatever it takes to make. Oh, the so trade. you think Seattle didn't want to trade him to the NFC? I, is what um, I'm basically, other teams had said that already. Washington basically said it already. I tweeted it as soon as the trade happened because it, there's no way that Washington was going to lose that. Um, battle if they were if they had a legit chance and I hate how people talking about some oh Russ carried Washington he didn't want to play for Washington this this and that we already have multiple comfort, um, confirmations that he did not mind playing for Washington it just so happened that Denver was above us on the list if the roles were reversed if Denver was in the NFC and we were in the AFC we would have got Wilson it's just that simple and it, it pissed me off the way the media was whining and complaining about the trade last night. Like, it's unbelievable. Like, they tried. They were just in a horrible position, just like last season. They tried to get Stafford. Stafford wanted to go to the Rams. The Lions wanted to make Stafford happy. Yeah, I think we have to kind of, you know, to, to, to bring the Rams up some more. If you notice – I mean, they, they kind of already had some pieces, and they were able to get some free agents, but they went to a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. I think once Washington shows that maybe not even Super Bowl, but just, you know, is able to start making the playoffs more, we'll start to kind of get rid of that old reputation and, and maybe 
these situations, should they arise, I mean, hopefully we just ascend to a situation, to a, to a position where we don't have to do with, deal with this anymore. We're, we're, you know, in that elite status, but anyway, let's say it, it, it doesn't go the way I just said, then maybe those guys will want to start coming here. You know what I mean? But for right now, I just kind of feel like, like what I said, he wasn't willing to, to wave his claws. We tried to get Stafford last year. We've tried to get guys in the past. And like a lot of times, unless we're willing to, you know, back up a, a, a Brinks, uh, you know, mm-hmm. truck full of money, they're not going to come here. And I'm so, going to be real with you, bro. If I was the agent of a quarterback, especially a rookie quarterback, yeah, I'm telling them, I don't want you to go to Washington. I it's, hear you. Like I, that place got a lot of quarterbacks injured. They suck. The owner is under um, investigation for sexual harassment. Bruh. No, there's no way I would encourage my client to go to Washington under any circumstances. So, like, that's just, like you said, that's just the position we're in. We're going to have to come out of it one day. And I feel like until that happens, we'll see people passing us by unless we have to throw a big ton of money at them. Um, but the trade itself for um, Wilson... <sighs> It was a, it was a lot, man. It was so freaking much. They ended up not giving up three first round picks, so that's cool. But they ended up giving up four players or three players. They gave up um, the defensive lineman Shelby, um, Noah Fant, and Drew Locke. So I think it was only three players, three players and four and four or five picks. Bruh, I understand all of that. But here's the catch. You're in the same division as Mahomes, Herbert, and Carr. Like what and what and what um what universe stratosphere or whatever would you purposely pick to go play Mahomes twice a season? There's something about Denver, man. Like, I don't know what John Elway does, but he got Peyton Manning there. And you even go back to when Elway played before those two championships. I'm pretty sure Elway played in like three Super Bowls mm-hmm. and lost. This no, not, not Super Bowls. They played in the conference championships. No, but Elway definitely – because the Redskins – No, right. Oh, it was. It probably was three. They played the 49ers too. I'm telling Did Elway you. Elway really go to five Super Bowls? There's something going on up there where they just somehow can put it together. I don't know if it's the air. I don't know if it – like, I would say now, because, again, Russell Wilson married to Sierra and everything, and Denver is sort of like Houston and some of these other places, very hipster-like. It's the place to be. It's cool. I, I don't know. It's, I don't know what it is, but that place attracts people. I wish to God, like, not <laughs> – look, I don't care about – you know, social life so much, but just come here and win us football games. I wish people wanted to come here the way they do with some of these other places. L.A., I get it. Miami, not for the football, but for the beach, I get it. Yeah, I, otherwise I'm scratching my head, man. All right, and I understand why Aaron Rodgers quickly turned Washington down. 
Um, <laughs> he got a four, like besides the obvious, he received a four-year contract extension for the from the Packers. That's not the shocking part. The shocking part is the amount. Four-year, $200 million. That's an average annual salary of $50 million a season. Crushing like Patrick. Whatever he already had. Right. He, he was already, like, in the hundreds of millions. Crushing Mahomes' record by $5 million. Um, Or was it 10 I think it was 5 Mahomes going 45 So, yeah, and that's what, that's what I was saying about the Wentz um, deal. I'm like – I understand twenty eight million is a lot, but it ain't fifty. <laughs> no, I kind of feel like, in a way, he—it's almost like Aaron Rodgers kind of learned some things from sitting on the bench behind Brett Favre. <laughs> I just—I feel like there's some finessing here because he—he he discussed being unhappy. It, it was—it's like a. a this was like a three-year plan almost. That Lafleur is hired. He didn't come out and say he wasn't feeling it, but that was the impression everybody got. Then the next year, it's kind of like, well, I don't know if I want to play. And that's that's where the Brett Favre stuff starts to come in. But that's also where I believe the seed got planted because he also expressed wanting to be the highest paid player. So he's doing all of this. But if you notice, he almost did the opposite of what most players do. What do most players do? You think of Antonio Brown, right? They they go to the mountaintops and they scream, show me the money, right? They're, they're yelling, like, you see it. They're tweeting, they're social media, everything. It's, it's a big deal. It's a, it's a battle cry. Aaron Rodgers kind of kept quiet, almost kept away at times, kind of held the team hostage. Remember, he didn't even show up to camp initially. And then Devontae Adams said, you know what? I'm not going to show up either. So he kind of – I really feel like he sort of finessed this whole thing because he also said, well, if you're going to get rid of these guys I like, you're not going to re- re-sign Devontae Adams, et cetera, I don't want to be part of a rebuild. So he kind of, in a way, like said what he said, and because he wasn't as accessible as they would like – or as other superstars make themselves, they kind of got worried and got scared, you know? Yeah, I, but now I'm like, how much? Green Bay was already, like, trash at drafting on a low, and they rarely signed free agents. So how, like, we? I know Rodgers is Rodgers, but – what type of team are you going to put around this bad? <laughs> like, oh, like, oh no, like, I guess they'll figure it out. Oh, that's the other um, elite quarterback in the NFC, by the way, Rodgers. <laughs> that was the first one I said. Oh, you did say Rodgers? Oh, yeah, yeah, said yeah you Rogers said Rodgers and that guy. Right, my bad. That was me. That was me. I was so, so focused. Are on they going to be able to re sign Devontae Adams now? They tagged yeah. him already. They franchise oh, okay. tagged well, him. So he'll be there for at least next season. Um, I will to... say this. I, I do like the little three-headed monster of Rodgers, uh, Aaron Jones, and Devontae Adams. That's definitely, you know, if, if you can get, like, one more receiver, if that Dylan guy turns out to be kind of a oh, power yeah, back. That's my guy. Yeah, I, I think they're, they're a little bit underrated. But definitely need, uh, you know, if it's Scantling or uh, one of the three St. Brown brothers. <laughs> I don't know which one, but. One of them. 
Um, Vincent St. Brown, I think, plays yeah, for the Packers. Yeah, so, if he starts um, stepping up, maybe. I mean, not Vincent. It's it's like Bonterius. Yeah. I forgot. Like, they got some wild names, bro. They do. <laughs> but um, hate to, you know, we like to keep it light and fun on here, but um, we got to talk about this serious situation. Calvin Ridley of the Atlanta Falcons, who was um, on mental health reserve basically last season. Well, he's going to have a lot more time to think about his mental health because he was suspended for the entire 2022 season for gambling. Um, the NFL um, announced yesterday that they're suspending them for the, at least the 2022 season. They admitted that there was no issues with integrity, um, no evidence that there was some foul play involved. Um, Ridley tweeted out he doesn't have a gambling problem. He just bet $1,500 over a five-day span. A lot of people are saying, Eddie, that the NFL is doing this to Ridley to send a message. And the message oh, yeah. is loud and clear. For Don't sure. gamble if you're a football player. Well, I, I would more take it directly as don't gamble on NFL games if you're an NFL player. But I, I get it. Why, you know, maybe just don't do it at all. Uh, I think it's a little much when you factor in some of the other crime. You know, you you look at the Ray Rice situation. You look at some of these uh, some of these other guys. Now, granted, you know, uh, uh, Henry Ruggs and guys like that are also banned for good. Uh, Josh Gordon uh, at the time. Weed wasn't allowed, but uh, so I, I, to one degree, I do kind of feel like, you know, you know, this is a little much. I did like the fake sports center where it's, it's, it's again, fake. It's a fake Cal Calvin really account is like, I'll bet somebody a hundred thousand dollars right now. I don't have a gambling problem. <laughs> um, so that was funny, but uh, yeah, man. I mean, <sighs> Hey, he's got the money to do it, but if I've if I'm already making NFL money, like you know, what's the point? But then again, guys like Floyd Mayweather and Michael Jordan, they do it all the time. So I don't know. I I I just wonder, like, couldn't he have given this money to somebody else and had them place the bet? I heard that so much, and I'm like, if we are thinking about it. I'm pretty sure he thought about it too. So there may be some, or maybe he's just that dumb, Eddie. Yeah, trust issues with his circle. I don't, uh, like it was dumb. But you're right. There is definitely a double standard as far as the punishment goes. Um, like we seen he bet on him to win. Kind of uh, makes you think of Pete Rose. Yeah. But he also bet that Matt, uh, Matt Ryan was going to take a sack in the fourth uh, a sack in the fourth quarter. Oh, see, I didn't get all like the details of what he bet on. That's yeah, crazy. It was, it was wild. Like, it, I mean, that's I was, not that bad of a bet. Matt Ryan's a statue back there. He's not mobile. Right, and um, I've, we're going from one bad situation to a sad situation. Um, 
Brittany Griner. We didn't discuss it on the last episode, but she was detained in Russia at the airport back in February. And we just found out last week. Um, she basically was uh, flying with a vape cartridge. And it's illegal in Russia for any drugs, actually. So you know what's going on right now. Russia is probably world enemy number one. Oh, yeah. At least to most of the world. Um, there are a few countries that, you know, sign with Russia, but for the most part, they're public enemy number one. Um, they have an American citizen who happens to be homosexual, who happens to be famous. Oh, yeah. Um, it's not good. <laughs> no. they, who knows what they've already done? And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough situation for her. And I pray that she finds a way out of it somehow, man. I seen NBA people, I mean WNBA players, I mean uh, representatives and players talk about the situation, but this is way above their pay grade. Well, and you just think too, um, you know, she's over there. I don't know how much she pays attention to the the social climate as far as like news and stuff like that. And I, so I don't, I'm not, I'm not saying anything to make her seem dumb, but she's over there trying to ball. Like this is something she does in the off season, which I applaud. You know, there's a lot of women out there kind of um, griping, you know, WNBA, why don't they make more money? And I'm not necessarily going to get into that, but Brittany Griner is saying, Hey, look, you know, this is the situation in the off season to stay in shape, make more money. I'm going to go play overseas. So, hey, I, I definitely applaud her for all that. But she's over there just playing ball, ready to come back over here to start the season. They find a little, you know, vape cartridge, and I don't know what the, the laws and, and the rules are in other countries. They might not be uh, as progressive as we are when it comes to marijuana and, and uh, other things in that same ballpark. But, yeah, like you said, it's not good, especially when you, you look at, you know, what they could uh, try to use her for in terms of, you know, like you said, whether it's her sexuality or the fact that she's famous, the fact that she's a female, minority, any of those things. I mean, obviously the the, the popularity and her just being an American citizen is right away going to be two things they're going to really highlight. So, um, you know, our thoughts are with her family. We're really hoping somehow she can get back over here, get back to blocking shots and dunking the ball. Yeah, and that um, the situation with the war isn't any clearer. And um, yeah, our thoughts and prayers with everybody involved, including us. And we got gas prices going up and markets going up. Like it's it's real out here, y'all. And we'll be here to, I guess, talk you through it as much as we can. But um, that's it for this segment. We'll be back with our March Madness preview and a little tournament that Eddie and I are going to compete in. Yeah, we might not agree on everything on this one. Aha. 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 We'll be smack back again. Be right back. Welcome back, y'all, and March Madness is finally upon us. We're in the week of conference championships, and uh, before we get to those, 
um, the bigger conference championships. Shout out to Jacksonville State, Longwood, Delaware, Wright State, Loyola, Chicago, shout out to them, Bryant University, Murray State, Chattanooga, South Dakota State, Georgia State, and the Gonzaga Bulldogs. If you heard any of those teams, they are already qualified for the NCAA tournament by winning their respective conference championships. That's right. Tickets have been punched. Apparently Murray State, they got another, uh, I don't want to say Ja Morant type because this guy looks like he's a lot more filled out, not as skinny, Mm -hmm. but just another guy who fills up the stat sheet, superstar-like. A lot of uh, pros are talking about it. I should have come prepared with his name. But um, I was actually <laughs> just going to more talk about some of the blue blood, blue bloods in the tournament. But uh, you saying Murray State kind of sparked his name. I, I just remember seeing a lot of hype uh, around a guy who and I just thought, wow, you know, here's another one right after Ja. Like, kind of interesting. Brown or Hill? Uh, I want to say Brown, probably. Seven Brown? I think so. Hmm. Interesting. I'll keep that in mind. But um, so, tournaments is upon us. Uh, anybody who wants to let your boy in on some brackets, uh, I am <laughs> down to do some wagering. Because I got to be honest, I think you could probably pick maybe anywhere from four to like six or seven teams that could possibly, depending on where they're putting their brackets and who else is in them, obviously. Excuse me. I think, you know, you look at like a Gonzaga, they're the number one overall seed, Arizona, Auburn, Baylor. You go to the two seeds with Kentucky, Kansas, Duke, and Wisconsin. And these are all projected. I don't have any knowledge before Selection Sunday. I think that group that I just said, definitely any of them could probably go on a run. Wisconsin and Duke. uh, um, You look at even like a Purdue who's been ranked pretty high up and down this year. Uh, yeah, I, I think it, it could be anybody's game. So it's 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 definitely kind of more what they've been trying to do by expanding the field. Because mm-hmm. you know, years past, you always had the, the one or two teams that were just that good. They were probably going to make it that far unless they shot themselves in the foot. Which, hey, upsets are part of the game. And that's why everybody loves March Madness so much. That's why I like it. So it's definitely an exciting time of year. But uh, I'm, I'll be rooting for my Jayhawks to go as far as they can. I don't know that I'll blindly just pick them to win the championship. I'll probably do that with most brackets. But th- this is going to be tough because uh, the way they played this year makes it a lot harder for me to, you know, completely ride with them. But it like <laughs> I'm never going to go against them. So I'm going to be uh, definitely beating my head against the wall trying to figure out who I'm going to pick my brackets. Well, I'll pledge my semi-allegiance to Kansas this tournament season. There you go. Merlin ain't making it. So, one of their better players, David McCormick, Mm -hmm. uh, their center, he's from Richmond – or, excuse me, not from Richmond, he's from Norfolk. 757, what up, y'all? Norfolk, Virginia. That's right, buddy. Um, Get it. The Terps not making it. Like, they're just straight up not making it. They would have to win the um, the Big Ten title. Not happening. Um, Georgetown, definitely not making it. Them Bama's like on a current 20-game losing streak or something crazy like that, so they ain't making it. Yeah, 
Doors, Patrick Ewing going through this. George Mason ain't making it. George Washington not making it. Virginia not making it. Um, Virginia Commonwealth not making it. I think the only team that might make it is Virginia Tech, and even that's sketchy right now. So UVA, they not making it. <laughs> okay. Um, like the DMV this season with um, college basketball. Definitely the worst ever in my life. Definitely the worst Maryland season. Like I, when um when my boy left, uh, well not my boy, um I didn't really like him like that. But um, I can't even think of his name. The Turgeon. When Turgeon left, I was like, oh, pff, the season done. Head coach gone. Like he did days, days before the Big Ten, days before the Big Ten conference. Like we were shot. Um. I told you I pledged half of my allegiance to the Kansas Jayhawks. The only reason I can't pledge my full allegiance is because I'm rooting for any team that's playing Duke. Like, straight up. <laughs> like, I, I don't care what seed. They, 16, 15, I'm rooting for them to beat Duke. And one year, it actually paid off when they um, lost to Mercer, I think. You remember that? <laughs> I do, because and that's the, uh, that white dude doing the nay name. Yes! <laughs> I was hoping I was about to say that. Yes. No, I mean, hey, I'm not like some kind of like closet Duke fan or like that. I just had foolishness like that. Uh, That Mercer team was a senior-led team, laden team, led team. Uh, Lots of seniors were on that team. So that's the beauty is sometimes you're going to get these smaller schools where guys have played together for a number of years Mm -hmm. and a Kentucky, a blue blood that might have a couple of new guys that are freshmen or sophomores. That's where things can get kind of sticky. So that's what the tournament's all about. We don't have a bracket right now, but if you had to pick your four teams for the final four, who would you roll with? Final four? I'm going to go Gonzaga, Auburn, Baylor, and Kansas. Actually, you know what? Uh, I'll go, yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm I'm going Kentucky, Auburn, Baylor, and Kansas. Getting Gonzaga out of there. I don't think they're gonna make it. Um, you said get Gonzaga out. Yeah, I just kind of feel like they don't really play a lot of teams during the season. And then, uh, you know, I mean, they they had a a deep run last year, but Crispert and uh, Suggs are now gone. I know Drew Timmy's still there, and I know they did get some kind of crazy, like, tall but can shoot the three as well uh, recruit. He was, like, the number one overall recruit. So I get all that, but I just think they might run into one of these teams that has a bunch of seniors that have played together, teams that can shoot well from the outside. I I just I think it's gonna happen. Man, Murray State went thirty and two this season. Sheesh. On the current twenty game winning streak. But you know that um who's tied for the second hottest streak in the top twenty five? Who would that be? The North Carolina Tar Heels, who took out Duke and Mike Krzyzewski, whatever his last name is. Chefsky. Krzyzewski. I know, I'm just joking. <laughs> Took him out in his last game at um, Duke, and 
I ain't watched the game, but when I saw that box score, bro, you I, you remember what I told you? Oh yeah. <laughs> like, Mike was very elated and overcome with joy at the outcome <laughs> of the latest Duke North Carolina basketball contest. I will not repeat it on air. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome, America. But um, yeah, as far as I don't follow college basketball like that, so. I hope Kansas make the Final Four just for your sake. Um, I heard good things about Arizona. Baylor's just become this tough basketball school out of nowhere. Like, where did this even come from? It's shocking to see Auburn at fourth, though. I ain't even going to hold you. Well, uh, no, you well, – what's my man's name? He was the Tennessee coach for a while, and he got – Bruce Pearl? Yeah. Bruce Pearl. I That's forgot there. he there. Okay. Yeah. That make, it'll make He's more sense now. That make more sense. Uh, yeah, he's definitely got that program turned around. Last few years, he's they've they've been playing well, been kind of building up their um, their rep and all that. Yeah. So as far as conference championships, like I think it's going to be, if not chalk, like no super upset. Like like I said, Maryland ain't winning the Big Ten. Virginia ain't winning the ACC. Um, <laughs> There's, like, nobody's going to – I don't think anybody's going to shock anybody this year. Like, I don't think Iowa's going to win the Big Ten Conference um, championship either. So – I think you could see a little bit of uh, some of that go on in the SEC tournament because teams like mm-hmm. Alabama and Arkansas – so the, the SEC, I'm, I'm going I'm to throw these teams out there. These are going to be the four that I think are going to kind of, like it, – it's all going to depend on who plays who, but you got – Kentucky, you got Auburn, you got Arkansas, mm. and then you got uh, uh, Alabama. Now, Alabama's not great, but they've got a couple of big, like, super upset. I think Kentucky might be one of them where th- that's on their resume. So that's what I'm getting at. As great as Kentucky is, they're susceptible to some of these losses. And Kansas kind of had that too, just to point out two examples. I'm sure you can go up and down the top 25. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you look at <clears throat> excuse me, Auburn and Kentucky, Alabama, Arkansas. I think those four, I could see any four of them at least making it to the conference finals. I, I couldn't tell you who's going to win it because one of them could knock out the other, et cetera. Was Baylor the team that took y'all out at home? Uh, no. Took us out at home. Who beat us at home? I don't think anybody beat us at home. I no, went 16-1. Somebody did. I don't think we lost any home games, my man. I'm I'm looking at it right now. Y'all went sixteen and one at home and six and four on the road. So y'all must have had like a few neutral game sites, three neutral game sites, I guess. Our losses were Baylor, Texas Tech, which was at Texas Tech, Kansas State at or not Kansas State. Uh, who was it? It was Texas at Texas, Texas Tech at Texas Tech. We lost to Dayton, maybe at home. I don't know. Oh my that goodness, was. that is it. Y'all yeah. lost to Dayton. What the heck? So look, it was a 74-73 loss. Yeah. Dayton had a couple of those guys that are uh, not quite Kevin Durant like because that's being. I remember you telling me about this. But they had a bunch of Ubre and Kevin Durant types that were just long as can be, a bunch of daddy long legs, a bunch of Giannis out of the compose take up his whole jersey. Um wonder like 
if, if he gives away a jersey and then a dude has to, like, the, the equipment guy has to stitch it up again, how long does that take with all them letters? Anyway, a bunch of daddy long leg types, and it was a one-point game. Like, is what it is, man. That's on the back burner now. <laughs> but um, I'll end it with this. You said something about the SEC, and I just looked at their um, the top 25 rankings. They have five, te- five teams in the top 15. Who the ACC? Oh, the SEC. SEC, yeah. And are are you sure you you're, you mean Alabama and not Arkansas? I said Arkansas, Arkansas, Alabama, Kentucky, and Auburn. Oh, okay. But Alabama not ranked. Yeah, but they've they've got some upsets on their resume in mm. their favor. Can't we? And that's 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 one thing I enjoy about not watching college basketball. I have absolutely no idea what's going to happen in the tournament. Um, it's kind of why I stopped doing brackets, to be honest with you. Like, I'll do it to, like, you know, have some fun, but I don't focus on them because yeah. I don't watch basketball until the playoffs in both college and NBA. So, But let's end the show with something fun, bro. Uh, Indeed. I think it was yesterday. Eddie sent me something from FanDuel. Shout out to FanDuel. They ain't sponsoring us, but they they nice. I like them. Um, yeah. Good people. For for Daily Fantasy and for um, a sports book. Shout out to FanDuel, man. Uh, but, yeah, Eddie sent me a bracket that they put out. <laughs> and there's a serial bracket. So you did not make this. Not all brackets are created equal. Please remember that. So, you know, instead of instead of us like picking, like let's just go, um, let's just go back and forth, like picking. Okay. Um, or, or we could like try to come to a consensus on it. Okay. All right. So yeah, let, let's do that. So the first matchup in the Fanduel serial bracket. We I can't have, believe it's number one. I know, right? We have the one seed, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, taking on the 16th seed, Life. Um, with, I love Cinnamon Life. I ain't even going to hold you. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Damn it. <laughs> I didn't want us to agree on this one because I was going upset city. But you would pick Life over Cinnamon Toast Crunch? Absolutely. I think Cinnamon Toast Crunch is so overrated. I'm, I'm not. I'm not lying. Not lying. It's not. I'm not saying I won't. I wouldn't eat it. But I just think, like, especially now. I remember when I was a kid. I feel like they dumped like five times as much sugar into that cereal now <laughs> than when I was a kid, and it's just like so overwhelming. And that's coming from me. Like, I love extra sauce. I love sugar. I love. Like, I'm probably gonna have to have both my legs cut off. I'm gonna be a diabetic. Chill. So. Anywho, um, yeah, that's coming from me. That's how I feel. You made a good point. Um, I guess I'm gonna have to ride with you on it. I can't really say anything that you disagree. Take that cinnamon toast crunch. So, um, we got an upset off the break. Okay. Um, second matchup: the AFC Cocoa Puffs taking on the ninth seed Frosted Mini Wheats. Ooh, um, I'm going cocoa puffs. I might have to. I might have to ride with you on that. Frosted mini wheats. 
it's kind of a blast cereal. You know, I just talked about how, <coughs> excuse mm. me. <clears throat> I just talked about how overwhelming cinnamon toast crunch was, but I'm about to complain about frosted mini wheats, not having enough uh, frosting on the <laughs> frost. <laughs> yeah, I don't bang with any of the many weeks to be honest with you. Um, yeah, so Cocoa Puffs it is another upset. Upset City. We have a very interesting five and twelve matchup. The five seed frosted flakes this is taking so on tough. twelve seed honey bunches of oats. So um, tough. I'm gonna pick honey bunches of oats and I'll oh. make my case. <laughs> they have several I mean, they have different types. They have the one with the clusters and the one with the almonds. Like, you have to give them props for the variety. Frosted Flakes is a goat cereal. But I'm just saying, Honey Bunches of Oats, they kind of got that variety. You could argue that the flakes in Honey Bunches of Oats are essentially a honey version of Frosted Flakes. Mm. I very much was planning on picking Honey Bunches of Oats because my wife and I love that cereal. I'm not as much of a cereal guy as I used to be, but I still love it. I was just really hoping that this would go as to like a thing where Mike and I don't agree on everything because that's, that's kind of become a, a little bit of a, a gripe with some of our listeners. Shout out to our listeners. We love you guys. So I was really, that was the whole point in doing this. I saw it and I was like, cool, maybe we'll disagree on some things. It's the first round. Like, you know, let's talk the first round for the most part. We'll disagree eventually. Maybe even on this one, Captain Crunch. Captain, not Captain, Captain Crunch, the four seed taking on Lucky Charms, the 13 seed. Um, who you rolling with? I'm Redbox Captain Crunch. Your, your mouth's getting all cut up and feels weird after you're done eating it. But, dude, I cannot. Lucky Charm, the same overwhelmingness I get with the Cinnamon Toast Crunch, I get with chewing all these daggone marshmallows. I don't know what little kid grew up to become in charge of <laughs> the, the buttons that are pushed to determine the amount of frosting and sugars and what, mm-hmm. but that same little kid needs to be put over in the frosty mini wheat section and frost them things and stop putting so much damn marshmallow. My daughter eats this stuff and it's just insane. It's all marshmallow now. I like, I can't do it. It's, he's over. He's over selling it. It's not all marshmallows. God. But it's all marshmallows, guys. I have I have a box of Captain Crunch on top of the refrigerator right now. That's you all. Cannot I'm go wrong with red, the red box. Red box. Uh, six seed Fruit Loops take it on eleven seed Rice Krispies. This is actually It's a matchup I don't even want to pick. All right, let me pick it then. Go ahead, you got um, this. Let me set this one out. Fruit Loops are wonderful. Don't get me wrong. Fruit Loops are <laughs> Just follow your nose. But again, I'm all about the versatility. With that Rice Krispies, bruh, the sugar, cinnamon with the Rice Krispies, oh, <laughs> Jesus. Give me, give me a Rice Krispies, man. And the Rice Krispies rice treat. Cream. Come on. Yeah. Jinx, you owe me a Coke. I'm curious to see your answer for this matchup. The three seed honey nut Cheerios taking on the fourteen seed tricks. 
I hate to keep doing this. When I was a kid, the tricks were shaped like whatever. Like uh, yeah. They don't do that anymore. At least I don't know. Maybe they went back. They to brought it, it back. Finally, they, they did go to the boss for a couple of years, but they brought the fruit shakes back. Thankfully. But I've always been a Honey Nut Cheerios fan. We have some in the house as we speak. Cannot, mm. cannot go against Honey Nut Cheerios. Same little B icon as their mascot the whole way. Uh, the, the, you got the whole um, fighting cholesterol campaign thing they're doing now. Mm. So got it. Got to go with Honey Nut Cheerios. No upset. Listen. If you got the box on top of your refrigerator or in your cabinet, you'll won. Honey Nut Cheerios advance. <laughs> this 7-10 matchup might be the matchup of the bracket, bro. We got Apple Jacks, the 7 seed, taking on Fruity Pebbles, the 10 seed. Ooh. What you thinking about this? You on mute, bro. Are you on? Yeah, you muted. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Didn't want the uh, fans to hear me coughing and, you know, getting some phlegm out. So, uh, Fruity Pebbles, man. Can't can't not do Fruity Pebbles. My advice, and this is just me, some things, and, and this goes with the Cocoa Pebbles, too. I like to go a low amount of milk. Mm hmm so that the crunchiness can stay. Now, you can do the scoop method and sort of bring the milk to the top so that it does get some milk coverage, but you don't want it to – I just – it just becomes mush, and I just feel like I'm some, like, poor old man when I'm eating my cereal like that, when it's all mushy. So, yeah, I like to keep the crunch because then you get the, the bottom no, bite is a little mushy, and it's just enough mushy to go with that crunch, and then you get that good taste. You know, when it's all – yeah. Yeah. Fruity Pebbles at Manson. I would love to put Apple Jacks ahead of Fruity Pebbles, but um yeah, that's it's a tough matchup. I'm gonna go with Fruity Pebbles. I cannot believe the the last matchup even exists. Like why why is you got so, Special K versus Reese's Puffs. And you already know who eats Special K. <laughs> They're, they're just cornflakes with a different name. Who eats Special K? <laughs> you already know Reese Puffs was advancing. I mean, it's advanced. Like, so next round, next round, next round, we have the 16 C Life taking on the AC Cocoa Puffs. I love Cinnamon Life, but come on now. Come on now. Don't do this to me now. I don't see my, my problem is, and, and I know this sounds weird. It's not that I'm anti-chocolate. I just have always been someone that like, you know, like like the Reese's Puff, like peanut butter and chocolate. Like I, I just, I don't know what it is. Uh, I would secede Cocoa Puffs, but it wouldn't, I, it would be a buzzer beater. It would be a buzzer beater for me. Because yeah, one of them. I, I think life is that, like, I honestly, life or and cinnamon life even more so. I think it's dope. Same thing I said, you limited amount of milk, so you get the crunch. It's just how I feel. 
but Cocoa Puffs. Ooh, I'm going to make you pick this one. Yeah, I bet you are. We got Honey Bunches of Oats, the 12 seed, taking on the Red Box Captain Crunch in the 4 seed. Ooh. That Red Box is going to cut your mouth enough times that you're going to want to go to the Honey Bunches of Oats because, like you said, mm. you have the variety with the almonds. You got the little clusters. You got the flake. You got that good milk with the honey uh, taste there. Granted, the Cap'n Crunch milk tastes good, too. Tough to pick against Cap'n Crunch, but I just I can't go chalk the whole way. And I feel like Honey Bunches of Oats is like a cereal with versatility in the sense that, like, my wife would eat it. My daughter would eat it. I'll eat it. It's for everybody. Cap'n Crunch is an acquired taste, which I do have that, too. So this was a tough one. This was a tough one. So next mashup, Rice Krispies taking on Honey Nut Cheerios. I'm rolling with Honey Nut Cheerios. Yeah, I, th- I think we all saw that coming. I mean, uh, as, as soon as the, the, the Honey Nut Cheerios landed in the, in the bracket with Rice Krispies, it was a done deal. Reese Puffs. Taking on Fruity Pebbles. I'll let you go first on this one. Reese's Puffs. I mean, it's, oh, okay, man. I guess we're good. <laughs> I can't. I mean, it, look, I like Fruity Pebbles, but chocolate and peanut butter, and then you get that like nice taste in the milk. I, I it's a done deal, bro. Done deal. Reese's Puffs is just going to keep marching. All right. And um, you're listening to Eddie and Mike do the series bracket. Um, created by FanDuel, and we're in the final four. We have Cocoa Puffs taking on Honey Bunches of Oats and Honey Nut Cheerios taking on Reese Puffs. Um, let's do the second matchup first. We got Reese Puffs taking on Honey Nut Cheerios. Um, what you got? Honestly, I feel like whoever wins this might take the overall title. And I would hate, yeah, I would hate for Honey Nut Cheerios to be the official winner of this um, contest. But I don't know. I don't know. I'm a a lean Reese Puffs. I strongly Reese's Puffs. Oh, no disrespect to Honey Nut Cheerios because I like me some Honey Nut Cheerios too. But and and, you know, again, we're going off this list that was already created. I, I, yeah, we definitely should have made our own. Yeah, probably should have made our own. We'll do it next year. But this is also based off of like I imagine they went with like the top sixteen most purchased or whatever. Yeah, it probably was a fan vote or something. Yeah. So if if any of you listening, if if you have different opinions, by all means, man. Holler at us. Let us know. So we got Reese's Puffs in the finals. We're going to be taking on Cocoa Puffs or the Cinderella story. Honey Bunches of Oats. So you, I, I'm going to go first on this one. I'm, I'm a Honey Bunches of Oats. Going, the Cinderella story continues. It's not struck midnight yet. Um, I just think, again, like I said, it's, it's something everybody could like. It's not as unhealthy as some of these other cereals. Granted, sometimes you need a little, you know, like a cheat day kind of thing. Like, it's okay. So, now I'm going Honey Night Cheerios. I mean, I'm um, Honey Night Cheerios. Jesus. I'm going Honey Bunches of Oats. 
Almost said it, didn't I? That's weird, huh? It was like a Freudian slip. Granted, I like all of these cereals pretty much. There's not one I don't. Mm, Special K and many frosted I mean, mini wheats. You're just gonna be putting a bunch of stuff on that, but you know. So we reached our championship game. Coincidentally, both of these cereals would be in my top five. Um, who? Because you had you said you and your wife um, like honey bunches of oats, but you also said you love Reese's Puffs. So I would love oh, your man. opinion on this. It's it's tough because it's it's sort of a like, what do you feel like that particular instance? Mm. I think in the end, I'm gonna go. I'm I'm gonna. I'm going to go with the clock never striking midnight and how many bunches of oats taking home the championship because, you know, like my wife, like she loves a lot of the stuff that I make, but I make a lot of desserts that involve peanut butter and she's not as big on that. She'll eat a Reese's cup and things mm-hmm. like that. You know, those things are delicious, but like, you know, one of them you're on an Island this is the one thing you can eat for the rest of your life. She'll take honey bunches of oats over Reese's. And I kind of feel like I'd do the same, um, but yeah, I mean that's 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 not a that's not a a, a slight to Reese's, not at all. At all, it could either it could go either way. Honestly, it really good. Like, I can make the same points for Reese's as far as um, taste goes. Hell yeah, um, I can concede honey bunches of oats because when I got older, that cereal started to become like my go-to cereal i feel like it's a Definitely very got a good crunch to it yeah it's a very adultish cereal not great nuts adultish <laughs> like it ain't go all the way to grape nuts but um that's <laughs> yeah, all right but right now i'm um i have a box of my wife got some pumpkin honey nut cereals or something like that. I don't know what the heck. Never heard of that. Um, got some Fruit Loops, Captain Crunch, and uh, I think that's it right now. Cool. Yeah, we got some honey nut Cheerios. We got uh, oh, we got <laughs> cinnamon toast crunch. This is all for my daughter, really. Uh, honey nut Cheerios, cinnamon toast crunch, cocoa pebbles. I believe is what we got. Uh, there are a lot of times we'll have honey bunches of oats. Um, I'll occasionally buy like, you know, a cereal I think is underrated is golden grams. I've always been a golden. Yeah. yeah we, um, next week we probably going to redo this tournament with our choices and maybe do, um, a 32 team bracket. I mean, 32 bracket. We, you never know. Wow. But, um, out of cereal. Right. Maybe we should just stick to 16. But we're about, <laughs> to, we're about to bounce up out of here. Um, unfortunately, you want some bad news. I didn't want to end it on a bad note. But um, opening day has been postponed to April 14th, with the second base week of baseball season being canceled. So, yeah. Four uh, series are gone from the 2022 season, and it's probably going to be more. Oh yeah, no, n- no surprise there, and you know, not anything that I'm like happy about. You know, kind of actually wish the the season was starting right about now. It'd be kind of dope because you got basketball. It's it's always that cool overlap from one sport to the mm-hmm. next. You got a a playoff thing going, and then you got some regular season of another sport going. So definitely a bummer, but no surprise. 
No surprise at all. Cool. We about to bounce up out of here, y'all. We're going to highlight y'all next week. Um, NFL free agency, the tampering period will have at least started by the, uh, by the next episode. Um, also, regular free agency starts next Thursday, but Wednesday, the 16th. So um, we're going to tell about I, that. I got to... I got I got to stop real quick before we do actually bounce. I love that and I and I thought about this leading up to us doing the show in the last few days just thinking about quarterbacks everything. The fact that there's actually a time period labeled the tampering period. <laughs> like I just I've I've always in my mind like who came up with this? Is this like some rich people stuff? You know, like when they when they dress up all fancy and go uh, boxes and whatever. You know what I mean? It's like they don't even like what they're doing, but they've all done it for so long traditionally that like this is what rich people do. So in the, these owners in turn, there's, you know, <laughs> a lot of people would probably view them as like blood-sucking vampires. It's like mm-hmm. we got to throw them a bone here. Call it the tampering period. They're going to love it. They'll eat it up. Like, you know what I mean? Like legal tampering. Actually called the tampering period. <laughs> uh, we're gonna talk about that, man. We're gonna talk about the witch trade some more. We're gonna definitely talk about the witches and caps next week. Um, they're on the West Coast this week because of the um, tournament. I'm pretty sure one of the tournaments is at the um, Capital One Center. So we'll talk about them next week. And um, that's all I got for this episode, Eddie. What's up? Not a whole lot, man. Just uh, thankful to see another day and uh, really appreciative of you and all our listeners. And uh, those of you who don't know, we're probably going to be taking a hiatus not too long from now. Uh, MJ Pickering is due April 1st. Mm. We are at March 9th as this show is being recorded right now. So not not a lot of time, guys. Love you guys and uh, be safe. Catch you on the flip side.